Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, just one verse. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. That'll do. Father, thank you, move in power, amen. You may be seated. When God created light, he said, let there be light. What's amazing to me is he partners with us. <laughs> Listen, if I'm gonna win a basketball, you know, a basketball game, I'm gonna look for someone like Dr. J. Let's go back to the 70s. I got like one amen. Amen. <laughs> We look for talent like Michael Jordan. Going to look for talent, you know, extraordinary talent. You, you, does anybody ever, you know, play a pickup game? You know all your friends and stuff. You know Jimmy. He can dribble. He can't shoot. But Bobby, he can't dribble at all, but he's a three-point superstar. No, you, you want to pick your team so that you win. Does anybody like winning? So when I think about this scripture and I think about God's method, God's plan, no offense, John, but I ain't picking someone like you or me to go save the world. You don't pick broken people. You don't pick someone who's, you don't pick a down and outer and pick them to go save the world, but God does. God, God does. God will pick somebody like a John Duke and transform his life like he has. You've been transformed. God will pick somebody like me. God will pick somebody like you. And many people don't realize that God's plan is a man. God's plan is a man. God's method is mankind to preach the gospel. Angels can't currently. In the book of Revelation, one angel preaches the gospel later on, but not now. So God's method of reaching the lost is you and I. God's method of healing the sick. Come on, Galatians talks about that. Who, those who heal the sick, come on, there's, there's people that flow in miracle healing. So if God's gonna do something in the earth, please watch this and then we're gonna go deeper. If God's gonna do something in the earth, he has to find someone to do it through. And so many of us just dismiss or excuse ourselves or, you know, we're, we're not qualified. Well, the devil will lie to you and tell you you never are going to be qualified. And so many times we feel weak, yet in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. I am absolutely astounded what God will do with someone who will believe his word, with someone who will see his word and actually unite with his word, his promise, his vision, his hope, and in doing so, releases the power of the kingdom. God will use anybody that partners with his truth. God will use any man, boy, girl, woman. He'll use anyone. But so many people dismiss the power of God and don't understand the power of his word and your significance to God. Your significance as an ambassador of Christ. Your significance as someone who is... Uh, to co-labor with God. 
to bring his plan. Nothing will happen in Eagle River if God did. If you didn't say yes, we'd have sent somebody else. But you said yes. And because you said yes, we have a congregation of over 100. We have a building. We're looking for a new building. The thing is growing. It was well into the black in this whole past year. Come on, lives have been touched. People have been impacted. People are being saved. Come on, somebody. God had to find a crazy group of, of Brazilians and bring them to Alaska. If you hadn't given yourself to the King's School of Ministry, we wouldn't have 50, soon to be 100 students. So oftentimes we dismiss and just say, well, God, he's God, so he could just do it. Yeah, he does it through you. Now that, that's amazing. And when you get a hold of it, and I would say, furthermore, when you see the promises come to pass through your simple obedience, as weak as you feel, it's overwhelming. We were in Oregon and um, Lebanon, Oregon, and they have cedar trees there, as in the cedars of Lebanon, and they are beautiful. And Pastor Brian's son, who I've known for almost his whole life, he's 30 now, which is staggering, Andrew. And Andrew didn't want to pre be a preacher. He didn't want to do anything, a leader, great servant, but didn't want to be up front, didn't want to do any of that. I wasn't quite sure what God was going to do through Andrew. He came here when he was 17. Some of you might remember that. He came here when he was 17 and got this word from Pastor Karen about being a Nazarite along with others, and he stopped cutting his hair. He just cut it, but just a section because it was hitting the floor or something. So he's like, Lord. So he trimmed it. He wears it up in this massive top knot, and he's a moke. Does anybody know what that is? Does anybody know what a moke is? He is... He's a white Hawaiian. So I was talking to him, throwing out some pigeon, and I asked him, hey, how'd you like my pigeon? He says, rusty, bruh. <laughs> pigeon is a combination of languages sewn together uh, that was used in the sugarcane fields to communicate through all the different cultures that would work the sugarcane fields in Hawaii, and it's, it's stuck around, and it'll probably be around for forever. And so he, he's an amazing fisherman. What is he doing in Oregon? He learned how to build houses, and he came to build Pastor Brian's house, which, was, which is his father, which was a totally impossible task, mind you, because Pastor Brian built his incredible house. I'm talking a dream house on a river. Like, I mean, it's worth an exorbitant amount of money, and he had not one cent to do it. So how'd that happen? Same way we're doing our building, by faith, by taking steps of faith, by getting a word from God, believing and moving forward. That is how God does it. You don't just randomly show up in Baltimore. He gave you something in your heart. You believed, God, you could use me. You could use a team of people. I'm going to Baltimore. God, God provided. God led you. You got there. You got out of the boat. You started witnessing, starting 1,765 souls a week later. 
if you don't have a vision, if you don't, if you don't have a dream, if, if you don't get God's word in your life to see it fulfilled through you, then you'll miss out on what the great joy it is to serve God, to be his co-laborer, to be his ambassador. So many people sit on the sidelines of life waiting for God to just come with some fresh wind and fresh power when he's waiting for you to get up off of your blessed assurance and start obeying the word and moving forward. And I'm gonna tell you something, your flesh hates to walk by faith. It's not fun walking by faith. What if, what if, what if it doesn't show up? What if it doesn't matter? What if the money's gonna come in? What if we gonna, what if you gotta shut all that stuff up and hear what God said. What is God saying? This is the way God moves in the earth. He looks for a man. His eyes go to and fro, looking for a man whose heart is steadfast towards him that he may strengthen them. All we have to do is be steadfast and get a word. And so I watched, over these years, I watched Andrew Reynolds. I, we just didn't know what was going to happen. And then, miraculously, to us, it was like, whoa! He got married to this powerhouse woman of God. And, and they have got the most beautiful love affair it is absolutely, it's amazing to hear their story. You just start crying. You're like, my God, who could do that but the Lord? And so we've watched Andrew, you know, what are you going to do with your life? And it, it just seemed to not quite find his, his niche. He came and built Pastor Brian's house by faith with the faith of Pastor Brian and the whole family. And he finished it from the very ground all the way to the roof all the cabinets and all the finishings, everything he did, and it transformed him. He is this crazy man of faith now. When I saw, when I saw the house and I heard the story and saw this video, I just wept. I thought, my gosh, it's amazing. Andrew milled all the wood, made all the cabinets by hand, and I'm not, not talking cheese, cheesy. I'm talking about joinery and real craftsmanship. And, and, and tables and, and just like, you know what I mean? It's not like he was practicing to be. He became like a Bezalel while he did it. He studied and he practiced and he redid things and he learned how to do it on YouTube and he put his whole heart into it. You walk into that house and you feel God's power. I'm like, this is amazing. We couldn't stop weeping. And every time, I, the greatest thing from the, that conference that I went to is seeing the transformation of this young man who's been in our church, who I've known all his life, made into this not only an amazing craftsman, but somebody who's full of faith. Full of faith. What could God do with you? What could God do with a people from Wasilla, from, from Eagle River, from Alaska? What could God do with someone who gets a vision and realizes that their role and participation as a co-laborer, as an ambassador, would literally change the world. Well, that's actually what is happening here. Some of you are on the sidelines. I'm going to encourage you to get involved. Turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 2. There's much revelation to be found in these verses of the beginning of creation. Genesis 2, 
I'm going to take it from verse 15. Well, it's coming to mind while I'm looking for verse 15 is where I want you to go. But what's coming to mind additionally is that there was, there was no tree or shrub in the garden because God had not yet made a man. Now, that might be Genesis 2 or Genesis 1. Thank you, Genesis 2, 5, you wonderful man of God, whoever that was, or woman, I can't tell. Before any plant of the field was in the earth. Listen to this. Before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not yet caused rain in the earth, and there was, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. There was, what does that have to do with anything? It has everything to do with it. Because God doesn't do stuff all by himself. Please don't hear that and make it mean what I'm not intending it to mean. God looks for man. He looks for woman. He looks for somebody. So if you actually study this, the garden had been made in seed form. So all the seeds were in the ground, but there was no man, no rain. It hadn't sprung up because it wasn't... In the, in the fullness of the plan had not yet come, but man was a part of the plan. Now you think that like, oh, God could just do it all by himself. That's true, that's true. But that's not how God works. There is no man. Once there's a man, then there's a plan gets fulfilled. Then, then it starts coming to pass. Look at verse 15. And the Lord God took man and he put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Everybody say that. To tend and to keep it. That word in the Hebrew is shamar. Everybody say it. Shamar. What does that mean? It means to protect, to guard over. It's actually the first time you see in Hebrew in this narrative that well, there could be the, the, the gap theory between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis, uh, Genesis 1-2, but we don't believe in the gap theory. So, uh, But if you did, that would be possibly the first time that there's reference to evil in the garden or evil in the earth, but that's, we don't ascribe to that for all of you that are paying attention. In Genesis 2-15, Shamar is an indication of protection. From what? Interesting. So the, the man's in the garden to tend and to keep it, to shamar, to protect. So that's fascinating because from what are you protecting it from? What, 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 what needs actually to be protected, to be, to be guarded over? That's, I do believe that is a first reference of spiritual warfare. Certainly one of them is interesting. So man put him in the garden to tend to keep it. Go to Genesis chapter 12. What are you doing, pastor? I'm going to show you how God's incredible power is manifested through us. He chose us. He appointed us to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. That's John 15 to tie in New Testament understanding. Genesis chapter 12. Now, and if you, if you listen and you grab a hold of this, and I have no notes for you on purpose. It'll change your life. If you listen and you make it yours, I'd encourage you to take notes or listen to it again and again. Genesis 12 is the call of Abraham. Abram, pardon me. Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, 
to a land I will show you. To a land what? I will show you. Where am I going? I'll show you. <laughs> you ever had to, we, we try to go somewhere and you pull it up on your phone, right? I mean, like, yeah, the Lord's like, if you'll, if you'll go with your family, leave your father's house, which is what all of us need to do, unless it's a household of faith, but that was a household of idols. And sometimes in a, even in a household of faith, you're gonna have to just, there could be dysfunction and problems and you gotta get, you gotta get out and, and, and grow your own faith and move forward in God. And, you know, you gotta leave and you gotta cleave. So many marriage problems because people call back their mama and then the mama, the mama's not gonna forgive your jerk husband, but you will about, about a minute later. And then, then mom's like all mad at him for the next two years. You need to leave and cleave. Work it out. Come on, somebody say work it. So he leaves. I'm gonna show you the land. I'm gonna what? Show you the land. I will what, do what? Show you. I will show you the land. I will show you where you're gonna to wanna to go. And we don't like that. I don't. Maybe you do. I don't. Where am I going? You'll see. I need to see. I wanna see right now. Can you give me the address? No, I'm gonna show you. When? And you get going. We want the whole thing wrapped up. Huh? We just want it neat with a bow tie. Perfect. Little bow on it. Not a bow tie, a bow. Sprinkles, sparkles, wrapped perfectly. That's, that's not how it happens. Go to Genesis 15. And I've shared on this before, but it, it hit me so hard in Oregon, the, the, how profound this is, and I, I pray that I'm able to communicate it to you. So Genesis 15, Abram, not Abraham yet. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And Abraham said, Lord, I'm childless. I'm paraphrasing. Eleazar, he's going to be the one. And Abram said, look, I have no offspring. So he's complaining. Verse four, behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come out of your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven, stop. The word in the Hebrew is nabet. It's H, Strong's H4994. So strong what? <laughs> it's very difficult for us if you don't speak Hebrew and, and even then, defining words and understanding really what scripture is saying. When you read through things, we just oftentimes write, yeah, and then he went outside. Yeah, that's, that's not what that says. Nabet is the word. It's used a number of different times in scripture. And it's, it's a word of pleading. It's, it's a word, Abram, would you, would you please, would you please stand up? Would you? And, and, and Abram, would you, would you, would you come outside with me, Abram? You see, it's, it's please, I, I, I beg you. This is God talking. Now watch this. Okay, so I, he could have said no. So, so let's try that again. Say no. 
Abram, would you please, would you please come outside? No. All right. God is coming to your home. He's brought you here to hear this message, and he's saying to you, please, please open your eyes and see. Let me show you something. So he says to Abram, please. Now Abram says, yes. And he, he comes and he takes him outside and he says to Abram, go ahead and please, I, I, I beg you, look up at the stars. And Abram obeys. And he says, more numerable than the stars will be. Uh, pardon me, that your descendants will be more numerable than the stars. And Abram's like, whoa, that's a lot of stars. Go ahead and say, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> What's so significant about that? Because God was inviting him to change all of world history. But if he couldn't see it, if he couldn't, to the degree that you can open your eyes and see the word, envision the word, to the degree that you have vision, to the degree that you have hope, to the degree that you have a dream that becomes real, it becomes more real than anything else. That's faith. It releases faith. And when faith is released, you can build 73,000 square foot buildings. Really, it's small, actually, compared to the Lord and what he's done. When you, when you see, please, says God to his creation, who has a free will, when you see, it changes everything. What is the dream? What is the hope? I said it recently. We're in the word of the Lord for 2021. Fulfilled. We'll fulfill. What's going to, somebody said, that's past tense. Right. Shouldn't it be fulfilling? No. You see, if you, you have to have something to be fulfilled in order for it to be Fulfilled. What is the dream? What is the hope? What is the vision? What is the plan that God's brought you into so that it can be fulfilled? That's staggering to me. I sat in my chair weeping going, what? That he would, I mean, he would have picked, if Minister Micah didn't say yes, he'd pick somebody else. You understand? But he allows us an opportunity. Why? Because we're important to him. And I would think, well, pick Michael Jordan. No, I didn't pick Michael Jordan. I picked him. You understand what I'm saying. I picked you. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I reverse letters and stuff. I, 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 I'm dyslexic. And, 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 and stop, stop, Moses. I mean, you can have Aaron if you want him. But Aaron caused a lot of problems. Open your eyes and see. He, he invites us to it. it it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing. And then he later on, he changes his name to Abraham. Abraham, father of many, who has no children, which is hysterical. Because it goes, it, goes it goes with the stars. Hey, what's your name? Abraham. Whoa, father of many. Yeah, yeah. How many kids you got? Look at the stars with me for a second. Let me, let me, let me show you something. 
No, no, I, I didn't vote. What do you think? I, I, I'm going to have more kids than the stars. Yeah, but how many you have now? Look, look again. His name, the very name that God gives him is a prophetic word. The very, the very vision he has is a prophetic promise. It's the promise that God gives. It won't come to fruition, won't come to fulfillment, won't be fulfilled if he doesn't get somebody to see it. If he can't open your eyes and you're visionless and without vision, my people perish. And I'm telling you, I don't know what you have been through in this house, but God will take you and use you as a peculiar demonstration of his grace. God will heal your marriage, heal your kids. He'll heal your money and heal your body. He will use you to do amazing things. But if you can open your eyes spiritually, and allow, allow him to see it. That's why I love taking these trips, doing these different things. That, that church got transformed by the power of God. They were doing great, but now it's just like an explosion. Why? Because the word of the Lord went forth. You've got to release the word of the Lord in your own life. What's he going to do this year? I don't know. Well, that's, you need to get rid of that answer. What's God going to do? What's the Lord going to do? What is the dream? What is the vision? And many times you have to contend. Sometimes it takes years. Other times it takes a minute. Well, when is it? I don't know. Just trust God. Trust his leadership. Do your part. Creation is intimately involved. Think about what God had to do. I mean, it's easy for him, but think about, think about Abram. Seeing and now, as he he saw and it was he believed God and it was accredited to him as unto righteousness, faith, the father of faith, Abraham. And in releasing his faith, because he saw, seeing and faith are tied together. That's the eyes of faith. Some of you are blind. You're living a natural life based upon the circumstances that you see. But God is outside of what's called temporal. We do not walk according to our sight. Temporal things, subject to change. That which is temporal is subject to change. The cancer that they diagnosed you with is subject to change. The disability that you have is subject to change. The difficulty in your marriage is subject to change. Everything is subject to change according to the word of God if you can see it, if you can believe it. And you take steps, it, it, it changes you. He had to heal Sarah. She was old. Abram was old. Joseph, does it seem strange to you that God would call a Joseph and give him dreams? No, it's not strange because that's how God does it. Does it seem strange to you that God would... Have Jacob take two sticks, and I've preached on this before, and these are some texts that I've used as well. Take two sticks and whittle them off and make them spotted and speckled and jam them in front of a, the goat trough so that every time they would look at the spotted and speckled sticks, they would produce spotted and speckled offspring. That's not how genetic works. That's not, I'm not a geneticist. I'm pretty sure that's, but that is how faith works. If you can't see it, then you can't have it. I'm going to tell you something. The wonderful amount of people here tonight on a Wednesday night. When we got here, I think, I don't know what the Wednesday was. I think we moved it to Tuesday. And, you know, I think there was five people. I would squint 
because it was so discouraging. Because, come on, just squint. I see thousands right now. There's the eyes of faith. That's just your natural vision. Sometimes you can look at the natural and it can try to shut down what you're believing God for. Why, why would God take Joseph and give him dreams? Because it's the way that God works. Why does God do things that way? It's his nature to do so. And you will find this pattern. These are things worth writing down now. These are, you'll find this pattern in Scripture. God speaks. God acts. God speaks again. I've taught it to you before. It was taught to me by my pastor and, and through classes and things in Scripture. But now I understand it to be oh so true. God will speak to you. God will give you a vision. God will give you a hope. God will give you a dream. Then you respond in obedience, moving forward as impossible as it seems. And then God begins to do miracles. He begins to part the Jordan. He begins to release power. He begins to release provision. He said, well, I don't have it. I don't have, I don't have any money, so we can't leave Egypt. What, what about all the port of us? Three million people. Moses. Moses, please, please, where's everybody going to go? Number two. It's three million people. That's a lot of, that's a lot. Moses, think this thing through. Let's look at the resources we have here. Moses, why don't you wait? I know Pharaoh's going to let us go and there's all these dead people. Why don't you wait? Let's come up with a bathroom plan. That's not what happens. Moses goes. I, I don't know how they solved that problem, but the point is, the point is if you wait to have all your widgets and everything all set, many times you'll never go. And if you reason everything away, if you reason it out, it's, it's got to be logical. It's got to be science. It's got to be the scientific method. God blows up the scientific method like in every chapter of every book in the Bible. That's not how it works. Miracles aren't released because one plus one equals two. And I don't know what it is in the new demented math. It's his nature to do so. He speaks to a man, to a woman. He speaks. He acts as that man, as that woman obeys. And then he brings him back to the mountain and he speaks again. And that's how God, God speaks, God acts, God speaks again. Word, event, word. Say it with me. Word, event, word. And each step is a progressive, it's progressive apostolic vision, we call it, for the New Testament. Each step, each step that you take of faith, God will release progressively vision to you to the next step. But if you don't do step one and two, you ain't getting three and four. I just want to be a million. You can't give 10 cents on a dollar. You think God's going to give you a bunch of money so you can be blessed like that? No. Well, he is. No, that's the devil, actually. He's going to destroy you. If you can't learn to get, that's good preaching right there. You got to get greed out of your life. How do you trust God with your eternal life and salvation? You can't trust him with 10 cents on a dollar. What kind of, what kind of spirit is that? It's a spirit of mammon. It's a demon. And you got to kill it. You got to sanctify your money. You, you, you got to tithe. Each step as we move forward is then it will release the next step in vision. As progressive vision is progressive. Say it with me. Vision is progressive. 
Vision's not static. Fulfilling God's plan, fulfilling God's method. Man is God's method to see his kingdom released. It's not static. It doesn't just happen. Now, certain things do just happen. Thank God for that. God's plan is going to come about in this state, in this nation. God's plan is going to come about. He will return. There are conditional and unconditional promises. You have a conditional promise of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your life. But if you don't do your part, then that doesn't happen. You go home and, you know, shoot shoot up and go back like a dog to the vomit, then you think you're going to end up with blessed life. No, you're... You're crazy. And I think the other reason that God does it this way, picking a Joseph, picking an Abram, picking, picking a, a Moses, is that it's God's way of saying that we're important to him. And that's the thing that, that uh, Andrew and I couldn't stop crying about. Like, look at this thing. He used us. He's, he's like, he used me. He used me. It's amazing. And we look back, it's like, wow, I'm his method of bringing outpouring to Samoa? Wow, I'm his method for impacting the state of Alaska? Wow, I'm his, wow. And when we partner with him and then it starts to come to fruition, comes to fulfillment when it's fulfilled, you sit there and it's overwhelming. And so we just sat there, Andrew and I, we cried. I just thought, dude, what happened here? He says, I don't know, faith, something happened to me. Something needs to happen to some of you. Unless you want to stay broke, disgusted, rejected, living a life of the curse. You want to live the cursed life? Go right ahead. I'll make you very uncomfortable here. I've come to see you set free by the power of God. I've seen, I've seen, I have come, I've been, I was brought here by the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord is running swiftly. I'm gonna do my part to bring as many people into the vision, into the purpose, into the plan, into the hope, into the dream to see God poured out in your life, in your family, in your marriage, through your kids to break the curse of bondage and poverty and sickness and disease. I've been called by God and you know what? So have you, all of us have. All of us have been called like that, but not many. Many are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Not everybody going to move into it. How are you going to see that happen here? I'm going to preach you uncomfortable. I'm going to throw it down and pray my ears off. I'll correct, instruct, and rebuke with the word of God. Going to love you. Going to help you. Going to raise up a team of leaders that will do the same thing. And that is happening. I'm telling you, you don't have to be addicted anymore. You don't have to be bound anymore. You don't have to be depressed anymore. You don't have to be all jacked up with a, a, whole, a whole line of people that are jacked up from a family that's jacked up and marriages that fail and divorce and the curse. Not me. I've, I've, I've decided long ago, not me. Not me. I am doing that. I am going to obey his word. So help me God with his might. They work so mightily on the inside of me. I'm going to love him. I'm going to live a lifestyle of repentance. Come on somebody. I'm important to God to say I'm important to God. If he's going to do something, he partners with man. And when I say man, I mean mankind. I think one of the other things is God oftentimes tests us. You know, on the other side of the test, 
This is a blessing. Take your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 15. Now this, this is, I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about the word. Whatever the word says over your circumstances is true. Every other feeling, emotion, and thought must line up with that. If you're going to see God move in great power, in healing, in provision, in deliverance, if you're going to see God's kingdom come in your life, you're going to have to slay all other thoughts, all other emotions, and any other thing that comes into your life to try to argue. Come on, every high thought and pretension that's raised up against the knowledge of God, you got to tear it down. you got to deal with it. You've got to slay it. The Lord spoke to me years ago and said, you can't afford to have anything in your head that is contrary to my word. You can't afford to have a thought in your head that I don't have towards, that I don't have towards you. Let me say that again. You can't afford, son, to have thoughts in your head that I don't have towards you. See, some of you think things about yourself because your mama told you, your daddy told you, circumstances told you, well, you give them a long line of criminals, a long line of drug addicts, or you have a, a, a list of things that disqualify you. The blood of Jesus qualifies you. And when you get free, when you get healed, when you get saved, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit and you renew your mind, you renew your mind. Romans 12 and verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Some of you are content with staying a worm. Transform, metamorpho, metamorphosis. Transform, the Greek is New Testament, Old Testament is Hebrew, small section, book of Daniel, Aramaic. So when you read Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer. Don't, don't, this, this water is being conformed to the bottle that it's in. Now, if I pop the top, you can, oh, oh, I can. Praise the Lord. The water's no longer being conformed to the bottle because it doesn't have a top on it. I'm not going to throw it, at least not right now. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The world says you can't. The world says you're not educated. The world says that you're white. The world says that you're black. The world says that you're red or yellow. The world says whatever it says. That you can't, you don't have the money, you can't do that. We had bankers laugh at us. You can't build a building like that. I'm like, yeah, we can. <laughs> I mean, like had a breakout, come apart, laughing, joy, joy. It was like demonic. It was like an assignment to try to discourage me. I stood up, meeting over. Thanks for your time. We will build it. God bless you. We'll be inviting him and put him on the front row. Not really. Not going to do that. It's all God's miracle. But that's how miracles begin. Please hear me. Vision, dreams, hopes are the beginning of fulfillment. Don't ever let the enemy steal that from you. Without vision, my people perish. Some of you are visionless. Exodus 15. Come on, raise your hands to heaven and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Exodus 
They've just left, to catch you up on Exodus 15, they've just left Egypt. Egypt's wiped out. God parted the Red Sea. Verse 22, they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, that's a problem. I guess they solved the porta potty issue because they're not talking about that. But there is no water. And that is a problem. When they came to Merah, they, they could not drink the waters of Merah because they were bitter. Now, first of all, you got when you read that, think about, think about your hike on a hike. Three days, you've just been delivered. Wow, God wiped out the army, the biggest army in the world. And you're like, hey, Sephora, you see that? See what? That body of water over there, is that water or is that a mirage? And they get closer and closer and like, it's water. Look what the Lord has done, yeah. Look what the, mm-hmm. he healed my body. It's, yes, it's water. It's going to be all right, babies. I told you there's going to be water. God, well, God's come through. We have faith. And they get there. Okay, can you imagine the first person that went to go drink it and went, stop, it's poison. <laughs> Serious discouragement would then set in. He brought us out here to kill us. I knew we shouldn't have left Egypt. I mean, can you imagine the grumbling and can you imagine the disappointment in their soul? And then look what the text says. Waters were bitter. People complained to Moses. What should we drink? Verse 25. So he cried out to the Lord. And I'm convinced that his crying out to the Lord was aligned with what he heard at the burning bush. I'm convinced his crying out to the Lord wasn't like calling on God to do something because of his great virtue. I think it was more like, hey God, (laughs) here we are. We got some problems. Thanks for the porta potties and some of those solutions, but we need water right now, God. And you brought us to this place. So uh, what are you gonna do? because we can't really go any further, and this is poison. Oh, God. What do you, and the, it says the Lord showed him a tree. You know what's interesting? Showed him a tree. Everybody say, showed him a tree. That means there was a tree there, but he didn't see it. That means the tree was there, but it didn't mean anything to him until he cried out. And some of you are not moving forward in the vision and the plan of God because you're not paying attention to the tree in your prayer life. You're not paying attention to crying out to God and letting him show you what the next thing is. I don't know what it was about this trip that we just took, but man, it just exploded faith in my heart. I just thought, wow, come on, God. Made me want to try to build my own house. That, 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 it. That burst of faith faded shortly thereafter when I looked at my chicken coop. (laughs) What could God do? What could God do through people who will pray and see? Let him open your eyes and you'll notice that vision is is birthed there and the breakthrough comes as he cries out to God. Listen, I'm telling you, God wants to visit you in the quiet time that you never have. What does he say? I'm not going much longer. Some of you starting to fidget. 
and me getting my business. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even start to get into your business. That's, that's in the next point in my notes. Get in junior boy's business. That's right here. He cries out, and look, look what he says. He cries out. He shows him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. What's amazing to that, it's a type and shadow. He who hangs on a tree becomes a curse. It's a type and shadow of Christ. And, and what ends up happening is this amazing verses of Scripture come about him being our healer. And there he made a statute, verse 25b. Made a statute, an ordinance for them. There he tested them. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Whose sight? Not yours. His sight. Right in whose sight? His sight. How do we know what that is? His word. Give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. Oh, let's just read this again. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God. I'm going to stop there and say that's, that's active. God speaks. He speaks in circumstances and situations that you won't find it directly out of the word. He speaks to you and he says, you can't afford to have a thought in your head that I don't have towards, towards a thought towards you. He said that to me. It totally lines up with scripture, by the way. And any word from God will be scriptural. This is the standard, the canon by which you measure it. So any word that's outside of what biblical truth is, I don't care if you're convicted or not convicted or whatever, it's not God. Somebody said, I'm not convicted about smoking pot. Well, that's because you've been smoking pot. I'm not convicted about doing drugs. Not convicted about getting drunk. Well, whether you convicted just because you don't think it's God, oh, God spoke to me. Show me where that is in Scripture. If he spoke to you something contrary to Scripture, you're jacked. You know what we say to Jack. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no. If you diligently heed the voice, God's speaking to people, even tonight. Your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. Another version says, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. It's present tense. God is the healer in the Old Testament, healer in the New Testament, and he's a healer today. Oh, I've got I've, I've to close. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, open my eyes. Say, say, God, give me vision. There's a song. It's a be thou my vision. What you behold, you will become. And all the way along, I, I see so many lives. Keys, please. I see so many lives that don't fulfill the purpose and destiny 
It's because they have a vision in one area, but the other area is broken and they never get healed. They never confront the deep, dark, bitterness issues, things in their home, places where they were hurt, wounded, rejected. They never get healed, really. And if you never get healed, you're never, you're never going to be able to fulfill the purpose that God has for you. I am the Lord your God who healeth thee. One of the things we're seeing, and I saw it in, in, in Lebanon, I'm seen it here. Gosh, that's nice. Christians entering into these miracles. I'm, I've been serving the Lord for a relatively long period of time, not according to Wally. Wally had been serving the Lord for 50 years, but praise God. Still young and spry. So I've been serving the Lord about half of that. But I think he would agree. We never see never see half-hearted people walking in fulfillment. Oh, God, God does certain things, and, you know, even though we're half-hearted at times, he throws us a bone, if I could just say it that way, so that, so that we could fall deeper in love and go deeper in love with him, so that one day, hopefully, we'll become wholehearted for him. And so he'll, he'll do things, and he'll help us, and he's not afraid of your sin. I'm, we're not afraid of your sin either, but the only reason you're sinning is because you haven't really tasted and seen that the Lord is good because once you do, you'll never go back. There ain't nothing back there. Not religion, not tradition. That's a stench in the nostrils of God. No, I'm talking about a, a relationship with the one who made you, the one who formed you in your mother's womb, a relationship with the one who called you, the one who made you, the one who bought you with his blood, a relationship with Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, a relationship, a co-laboring with him partnering with him. He calls you by name. He reaches it out and he snatches you like a stick from the fire. He gives you vision. He gives you hope. He, he heals your broken hearted. Broken heartedness and he calls you. He calls your family. He, he redeems you. He redeems you from the curse and he washes and he cleanses you and he makes you. He makes you a new creation. The old is gone and new has come. Oh Lord open eyes tonight. Open eyes. And really vision. 
our building that we're doing, souls. I found the greatest vision. This song encapsulates it to me, really, and I, we didn't plan on singing it, otherwise we would have prepared. Be thou my vision, the writer of the hymn says. When you make, when you make Jesus, when you make God his kingdom, your vision, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of being and doing right, when you do that, all kinds of crazy periphery things happen. Oh, even the pagans clamor after those things. Why? Who of you can add one cubit to his stature? Consider the lilies of the field, birds of the air. Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. Oh, Matthew 6 and 33. for just a moment whether finding those lyrics we'll sing it again we're going to put them up on the screen as soon as you can or start typing them whatever works best ushers would you help us out we're going to give tonight we're going to return the tithe to the Lord you know Wally you've had such a great impact in my life to hear the stories that really need to be made into a book all the things that God has done if you need an envelope get the attention of the ushers if you'd go ahead and uh, put the secure means on the on the screen, secure ways of giving on the screen, while you continue to look for the lyrics, 
if you want to break dance while you're doing that, we would all be very impressed. Something Wally has said to me over and over, and I've seen it in the Word, in, in the Word of course, and I've endeavored to live my life this way, but you know, you have the mind of Christ. You can do anything. I can, I can do anything. I can do anything as God strengthens me. Sometimes we have a, you know, a gifting, naturally be able to do things that just come naturally. Giftings come from God. But many times we're weak in certain areas. Like, how can you use me to do that? Well, I mean, I'm not a diesel mechanic, but I've, I've come to realize that I could fix my diesel truck if I need to. I would prefer to have somebody else do it. But if I needed to, I could figure it out. Would you expand your capacity? Would you believe God to expand your capacity to, to, to dream? Some of, some of you, your dream was broken. Some, and, some, and like the devil tap danced on your dream. You, you need to dream again. I don't know how. Well, stick around because that's what we do a lot of around here. Dream, vision, hope, pray. Endeavor to obey. Repent a lot. Cry out. He shows us trees. And God will take a life, your life, which is, according to the Apostle Paul, a vapor. One little moment. The enemy will stack pain and difficulty and disappointment, rejection on top of you. And if you never get a hold of what I'm preaching to you, the truth is found in loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The, the part-timers, the, the part-timers never walk in supernatural power, never see the fullness of destiny and purpose. They're the ones that are bitter, angry. How come God, huh? I'm not gonna be that. I don't wanna be that. I don't want you to be that. Ushers, would you come? something. Do you mean God can use me no matter what my background is? Yeah. Yeah. Rahab was a prostitute. She's in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab, a house of prostitution, was made a house of salvation because she believed. Oh, God, God God can use anyone. They'll believe if they'll if they'll see if they'll. Father, thank you. As we return the tithe, pray God you throw open the winds of heaven and pour out such a blessing. Not have room enough to receive it. Bonuses, raises, promotions, inheritance, supernatural favor, witty inventions, and ideas. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant. The blessing of Abraham would rest upon us. You blessed Abraham and all things. Bless us in all things that we might be a blessing. We declare that the heavens are open, the devourers rebuked, and the time of favor has come. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go right ahead.
more pages, but I think that's enough. So I think we'll do part two next week. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him, or perhaps you drifted. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, perhaps you drifted. You want to recommit to him tonight. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured that you're going to heaven, that your sins are forgiven. And, and furthermore, it's not just about going to heaven. It's about living the victorious life, co-laboring with God as his ambassador here. Because everything else pales in complete comparison to that. And, and if it was just about being saved, you would die the second you prayed and believed on the Lord Jesus. You would drop dead. So seeing as most of the church is here right now, I know many of you, you're born again, you love God, and you're not dead. That must mean he's got something else for you to do. You want to give your heart to Jesus first time, make a recommitment, or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation. All across this place, every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me. On the count of three, lift your hand up. One, two, three. Do it now. Raise your hand high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise your hand high. Let me see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. If you're serious, like for Rizzle, you want to get want to get born again, you want to be forgiven, quickly come to the front right now. Quickly, meet me right here. There's others that are coming with you. You won't be alone. Would you sing it again, Minister Michael? Come on, sing it. son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin and be my savior wash me cleanse me make me new thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer amen let me pray for you Holy Spirit come fill and touch these now in the name of Jesus. Release your power upon them. Break every bondage, every stronghold, every assignment, every curse. In the name of Jesus, we proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Right now, in the name of Jesus, be loosed from all infirmity all across this place. If you need healing, reach your hands up and receive right now. Be healed right now. Be be healed right now. Disease, go. Infirmity, go. Depression, anxiety, and addiction. I command you in the name of Jesus. Loose your hold now. Loose your hold from these. In the name that's above every other name. In the name of 
Hallelujah. Leaders, would you minister to these? You're here, you've got an incurable disease, according to the doctors. Where are you? Raise your hand. They say you have an incurable disease. Step out into the aisle. Is that you? Did you raise your hand? No? Anybody? Anybody here? You can keep your disease if you want to. If you'd like to get rid of your incurable disease, raise your hand high. Step into the aisle. Step into the aisle and lift your hands high. Just step into the aisle. You don't need to go any further. Right in the aisle. In the name, in the name of Jesus. Right now, I need an usher. Right now, in Jesus' name, release your power. In Jesus' name. We curse diabetes right now. If you have diabetes, lift your hand. In the name of Jesus, release your healing power. to God's ears. Fullness of the plan. Lord, thank you. Come on, just a moment longer. I feel it's pertinent. I don't know what the year was. But I was in an altar and the devil got broken off of me. And I was then lying on the carpet. As I was on the carpet all those years ago, I went to sit up and the Lord spoke to me and said, look at the pulpit. Now, there was a large pulpit in the church. It's the same. I've been a part of the same church since then. So a large pulpit that was there and the Lord spoke to me clear as a bell and said you will preach from behind that pulpit now let me just tell you that that to me was complete impossibility and when he spoke that to me I thought what wow this would be amazing and he put in my heart a desire to be someone who brings forth God's word 
I realized I was, it connected with so many other promises and I don't have the time to go all into it, but it connected with the reason that I'm on the earth. That's why, that's why I breathe. This is no job. I'm here to, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to plant churches all over the world, to release his power, his kingdom. I'm going to do it till he splits the eastern sky. I'm going to go in full strength. I'll have no disease, no, no infirmity, no cancer. None of that's going to come near me. I, I declare it in Jesus' name. Well, I, I wasn't a life group leader. I wasn't in the choir. I, I wasn't in anything. I had a pair of board shorts surf shorts on, a pair of slippers and I, I was deranged more so than I probably knew I mean you know later on I run into aunties and uncles that are still in the church and I'm like oh I remember when you came in you were scary I'm like really I'm like oh yeah you were oh God can do something in him he can do it anywhere I was like one of those Time went on. I would recollect that and say, well, that'd be great. I became a life group leader. And it, it just seemed like everything we did, God just breathed on it. I, we, we never left. We never missed services. We, we submersed. We didn't do a part-time thing. We did a full-time thing. Full-time worshipers. In the church, out of the church, Sunday through Sunday. And in time, the most unusual thing happened. That pulpit was removed. It was Dr. Morocco's first pulpit. It was removed and sent up to 2,500 feet in elevation at a place called Kula, and it stayed up there. And a new handmade pulpit, which is still the pulpit, it's beautiful, made out of rosewood, was put there. And I kind of forgot about the word, honestly. Time went on, and I remember being in a Sunday morning service, and the Lord spoke to me to, and my wife to go up to Kula. Don't come here on Sunday morning anymore. Go to the extension. Some of you are going to, God's going to speak to some of you. Go to Eagle River. Go for it. Obey God. Go to Bristol Bay. Go wherever you want. Let the Lord lead you. So I remember telling Dr. Morocco, Pastor, God spoke to us to go up to Kula on Sunday morning, and he smiled big at me and said, All right, well, you better obey. I said, Okay. We went up there, and that first service was the, the very, that service that we went to was the first time I ever prophesied in a, in a congregation, ever. That next week, I got called into Dr. Morocco's office. There was another pastor there. I got called into Dr. Morocco's office, and I went in, and he said, Daniel, I would like you to, um, I'd like you to be the preacher on Sunday morning in Kula. And I said, what? I started weeping. He said, it's unusual, but what's happened is the pastor there, his name's Pastor Ivan, has to go back to South Africa because his, his visa is expired. He's not able to get another one. And we've been praying about what to do, and God spoke to me to send you. You're going to do it with a team. I said, okay. I prayed that week, and I fasted. I did my best to put together the best thing I could possibly preach to those people. I will never forget. Coming around, I took hold of that pulpit and realized, oh, my God. It's the pulpit he told me I would preach behind. I sat there and wept. My mother was there. I wept in the fulfillment of that word. You see, it's overwhelming that God would take the likes of us as weak as we are. 
without the resources in the natural, without the gifts in the natural, and he will pick us. He takes the foolish things of the world to confine the wise. I'm telling you, miracles are longing and waiting to happen. Even creation groans in frustration, awaiting for the sons of, sons of God to be revealed. That's you, spirit-filled, on fire, declaring, walking in the promises, people filled with vision and hope and a dream and he will bring it to pass if it's just got to become your absolute reality. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.